This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Liverpool 1, Chelsea 1. Guy Clark here. Welcome along to the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel as we bring you reaction from Anfield as the Reds were held to a draw by 10-man Chelsea in the first battle of two of the title contenders this season. Coming up, we'll be hearing from Jurgen Klopp's press conference as well as a number of our regular contributors. Before we get to all that though here on post-game, let's get ourselves over to Anfield and hear from the Echo's Liverpool correspondent, Paul Gorst. The post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel. Liverpool 1, Chelsea 1 was the final outcome this afternoon in Anfield as uh, Liverpool battled for over 45 minutes with a numerical advantage but were unable to uh, really break down the Chelsea rearguard. The European champions and the European champions for a reason and most of that was built on a resolute defending for much of the European campaign last year and so proved here at Anfield this afternoon as a... Uh, Liverpool uh, were just unable to uh, to break down the, the visitors uh, who started with a back three and obviously wing backs and uh, they actually took the lead through Kai Havertz uh, just behind the, the cop, cop end behind me. He snuck in at a corner with a looping header and beat Alisson Becker and uh, punctured the optimism on what was probably one of the best atmospheres that there's been in Anfield uh, in a good few years, has to be said. Uh, the cop were bouncing uh, and all four corners of this place were really rocking when the game kicked off around about 5.30. But, uh, Liverpool um, carried on fighting. Uh, Harvey Elliott um, kept his place from last week and him alongside Mohamed Salah and Trent Alexander-Arnold down the right side really started to turn the screw on Marcus Alonso uh, at left wing back and uh, finally Liverpool did get themselves back into it in a bit of a bizarre situation down the Anfield Road end um, from a corner. It was um, cleared but Joel Matip kept it alive. He hooked it back clear. Uh, Edouard Mendy and Alonso have gone each other's way. Matip headed it against the bar, come back to Mane. He uh, poked a toe at it and Reese James on the line with his, uh, his right arm, stuck it out and was uh, promptly given a red card and a penalty to Liverpool after uh, referee Anthony Taylor had checked the monitor. Uh, so a bit of drama for the fans here and they certainly loved it when the red card was given and uh, the penalty was slotted by Mohamed Salah for his second goal of the season and it looked for all the world that Liverpool were going to fly out the traps in the second half and go on and push for that winning goal and that's certainly what they did but uh, they were unable to uh, to break down Chelsea as I say. Uh, Mendy made quite a few saves, most of them from range has to be said. Virgil van Dijk, um, Jordan Henderson, Fabinho, Trent Alexander-Arnold, they all had the goal and went close to varying degrees but were unable to get the winning goal so this is probably going to be viewed as two points drop for Liverpool particularly as we say with the, uh, the man advantage for most of the set of all of the second half and a couple of minutes towards the end of the first. Um, so, uh, Jürgen Klopp left to Rue, um, you know, a frustrating afternoon. Um, Diogo Jota come on for Roberto Firmino before the end of the first half and um, no word yet on whether the Brazilian was injured, but you would suspect that that could be the case. Um, Liverpool probably left to Rue a lack of attacking options in the final third, particularly when they were pushing for a second goal in the last 15-20 minutes, of course, transfer, uh, the transfer window is still open. Uh, Liverpool unlikely to do any business as it stands, but uh, should they be is the big question. Uh, Liverpool let um, Jadon Shaqiri go and have yet to uh, adequately replace him, so they are left with uh, dwindling numbers in the attacking third. And Liverpool left to perhaps rue that today, but uh, they deserve to win. But unfortunately, Chelsea dug deep and uh, came away with the point, so finished Liverpool 1, Chelsea 1. Paul Gorst at Anfield for the Echo watching on where despite playing against 10 men for 45 minutes and more, the Reds were unable to find that second goal. Henderson, Trent, Salah, they all had a go but were unable to quite find the breakthrough. 
Ahead of the game, Harvey Elliott's inclusion from the start was one of the game's big talking points as Jurgen Klopp put his faith in the teenager, while shortly before half-time, Roberto Firmino was forced off through injury. Talking through all that and more besides, here's Jurgen Klopp speaking in his post-match press conference. Hi, hi Jurgen. Um, hi. I'm sure you wanted to win that game, but you <laughs> really enjoyed it in terms of the intensity and, and the quality and feel a little bit proud to be part of it. I, I, I like the game. So, look, it's a few years ago. Um, we won, I think, 2-1, two, 2-0, two I'm not sure, against Chelsea. when Moussa fired the ball in the far corner, which is actually not a chance, but a nice goal, but not a chance. So today we had obviously bigger chances in the first half already, which we didn't score off. Um, means the, the performance was really good against the strongest Chelsea side for a long, long time. And it was always difficult against Chelsea. And it's now difficult against Chelsea. So I was really happy with the first half. And the second half is now not... I'm, I'm, I'm not somebody who just watches football from time to time and thinks, oh, 11 versus 10. Um, that must be easy. I saw 5 million games and no, that's really not the massive advantage, especially against a quality side like Chelsea with the defending skills they have. And with now the job they had to do actually just to defend in and around the box, more or less. And it was tricky. We could have done better for sure, but it's early in the season. You need this one moment where you get through, where you can finish it off. We had our finishes. We had good football moments. We tried everything. We defended their potential counterattacks most of the time really well. Sometimes we had to run a bit further um, to catch them again, but we did. And so Chelsea um, put a proper shift in as well. I have to, you have to say, and I respect that. And so it's a draw. Um, just take the point and carry on. Okay, no follow-up, John. We'll go to Don King from the uh, Mail and then to Miguel Delaney after that. Don. Hi, Jürgen. Um, just a quick one on Roberto Firmino. Is it an injury? Is it a serious injury that they forced him to come off? Nah. A serious, I don't know. Serious enough to take him off, yes. Bobby showed, um, felt his hamstring, showed that, came out, told us. So we could, we had to prepare the, um, the change. Bobby is... Nobody who yeah. raised the hand when the, when he doesn't feed anything. So um, yes, it doesn't look too serious, but you never know before you not have a scanner that will happen tomorrow. And if I could just um, follow up on Harvey Elliott, it was a huge show of faith to, to play him, and once again he 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 was courageous. Um, just a, a word on his performance and how he how he handled it. Was good. Was good. Um, Looked good last week, obviously, in the game. Um, was good during the training week. Um, we had wanted to change a little bit. We wanted to have the dynamic of Hendo in the team. Um, wanted to have Rob, um, yes, Rob as well, but wanted to have Bobby in between the lines. Um, that all worked out pretty well. And then on the right side, we didn't want to change on top of that something. Um, and Harvey it was from the first day of preseason with us. Pretty much the only midfielder we played so far, apart from Nabi, obviously, um, and Oxford. Um, but so from the ones who played now, um, and that's he looks fit, obviously, and can just um, deal with 95 minutes. And that's important for us and was important today. And that's why we um, started him and that's why we let him on the pitch. 
Okay, thank you, Don. Uh, we've got Miguel Delaney, uh, and that's the final person who's got a hands up. So, Miguel, to finish this and wicket if we don't have any more hands. Hi, Jurgen. Just in relation to what you said there about uh, 10 v 11, and Thomas has said that the red card spoiled the game. What do you think of that rule where it's almost kind of basically a double punishment for one offence? It's a red card and a penalty. I mean, obviously, Liverpool benefited today, but another day it could have been different. I, I, think I, it's I, I never liked double punishment, but if somebody ever listened to me about rule changes or rules, then um, a lot of things would look completely different, but they still look like they look so, and we've really waste of time to talk about it. Um, yeah, it was absolutely harsh. So, spoil the game. Yeah, probably. So it, it changed everything. I liked our first half. We were really good. We, we caused Chelsea really problems. And because the problems in the second half as well, it was an incredible, intense game for Chelsea as well. Come on. But it did well. And that's why I deserved the point, obviously. But I would have loved to see the game as well in an 11-11 situation, just to let's have a look who comes through better. Um, and yeah, so it is. Thanks, Miguel. And the final question, Martin. From the mail as well, Martin. Oh, hi, Jürgen. Um, I was just wondering, in your opinion, knowing what you know of Thomas, knowing what you know of Chelsea, is there a harder team to play against in those circumstances than Chelsea when they go down to 10 and they, they get that tight defensive unit? I don't want to try it against City or United, to be honest. Um, but um, yes, with the Look how they changed. They had obviously different ways how you can adapt to it. Um, uh, to, to to ten being on down to ten men, um, they could have changed all to four in the back. They could have left four midfielders in front of it and Romulo, but they decided to keep the five and three in front of them. So and just Romulo for the counter attacks and the rest follows when um, possible. Um, that's why I said there is not a massive advantage. Just it's not like there in the, in, a, in the area where you, should, where you score the goals, they had eight players <laughs> plus a proper goalie, um, and that's then just not easy. So you need to force it, and one one hundred percent could be have done in some situations better. Oh, definitely one hundred percent. But now not to forget, it's a third match day, um, and it's Chelsea. They are full of confidence and quality and all that stuff. So it was a tough game for both teams. That's what I wanted, that it's tough for them as well with all the things um, what you could have thought before the game. Um, they could have had everything like Chelsea just runs over us or something like that. That didn't happen today, not in the first and obviously not in the second. Um, but it was a tough game for both teams. I liked it. I think really that's something it's, it's rare to get this kind of enjoyment, like the intensity both teams put in is, is really <laughs> incredible. Um, and that's then uh, in, um, together with, our, with the atmosphere our people can create. That was a top game today and a really enjoyable with the little um, thing, which we don't like too much. That's only a point, but that's fine. Seven points, that's the start. Boys go away on, on international, come hopefully back healthy. And then we have to play Leeds. And I know already we have to run our socks off to get there anything because that's the, the other team who is really intense in that league. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Disappointing in the end for Liverpool against Chelsea. I felt it was a really disappointing second half performance. 
Chelsea are really well. Chelsea are the best defensive side in Europe under Tuchel. Statistics tell you that. Not only in terms of facing big chances against them, but also even in relation to to shots on the goal whatsoever. Tuchel has put on an absolute masterclass in the de- defensive stability and the structure that he's been able to coach out of the team, and they are absolutely. There's no question for me. Tuchel is an elite manager with a group of players who believe in the process that he is currently trying to uh, adopt. Obviously, had success with the Champions League and there's no doubt that not only can he keep the ball out at one end, but he can also hit it at the other. And I always I always felt that if Chelsea scored first, Liverpool were up for an uphill task. And so it proved, really. Obviously, set plays at both ends proved crucial. I mentioned before that a big, probably not said enough thing really is that Liverpool lost a massive threat off set plays with losing the centre-backs Matip and Van Dijk Van Dijk especially in terms of being the top goal scorer and defender in the league prior to his injury and obviously his partner Matip was involved in the handball which there can be no question handball and the red card second action was a scooping action obviously it comes off the knee onto the arm but he, he definitely then scoops the ball out in his desperation to to stop the ball crossing the net. And obviously then it has to be a red card because you're not just stopping a goal-scoring opportunity, but you're actually stopping a goal. And so if it was a goal-scoring opportunity, obviously Liverpool could then acquire a penalty and that goal-scoring opportunity would still stand. But if the penalty is missed, then obviously they wouldn't get a goal. And in this case, he stopped a goal going in the net. Therefore, there's there's no question that it has to be uh, a sensible well, it's a clear-cut decision, really. But Liverpool then went into the second half against Chelsea and really struggled. I mean, the first 15 minutes, I thought Liverpool were excellent in terms of how they played against the 10 men. Boxing Chelsea in, suffocating them in terms of the positioning, circulating the ball, keeping possession, probing around the penalty area. Exactly the things that you should do when you play against a team with a man's disadvantage or a numeric disadvantage. And bear in mind as well, you know, people think, oh, well, you've got a period of time to win the game, but you're talking about the best defensive side in Europe. Mount came into midfield to create a three-man central zone. Alexander-Arnold was stopped from getting his head up and trying to find moving targets. So it was never going to be easy. And in the first half, Liverpool were able to steal the ball back, even when moves broke down at the edge of the penalty area, swarm Chelsea and stay on the front foot without really creating massive opportunities. Most were shots from range. However, the pressure for me at that stage was going to tell Chelsea were going to creak if Liverpool kept performing that way. Unfortunately, however, Liverpool didn't keep performing that way. And normally, there's two ways that you'll struggle against playing against 10 men and struggle to get an outcome you desire, struggle to, to break the team down. First one is that you try and play forward too quickly try and penetrate too quickly, get impatient, the ball's then turned over and you can't adopt a rhythm to your game and and keep the opposition deep in their own territory. And I've seen Liverpool do that plenty of times. However, that wasn't the case in the, in the way they played today. I thought they circulated it well, were patient in the build-up and got into some good deeper areas, albeit against a good side. However, the second way that you can struggle against 10 men is by breaking up the game when you lose possession, being too aggressive, giving silly fouls away, giving the opposition what they want, that break, that time to regroup, that time to 
for Liverpool not to to get into the rhythm and and flow of attack, and Liverpool did that too often. And it was it allowed Chelsea to reset, and Liverpool really struggled to create chances. So I'd say that one definitely out of the the two ways that you can struggle was the one that Liverpool struggled with. Now people say, you know, normally you'll hear the commentators say, well, they're not moving the ball quickly enough. But when you were facing a side who were congesting their own defensive third with limited spaces, it's very hard to move the ball quickly because the limited space to play in. And so sometimes I find find that a bit of a a lazy comment really in relation to, to why a side is struggling. I'd like to look more at the the technical aspect, really, of why Liverpool struggled. If you look at Liverpool, they are a side ideally suited to playing against the side who sit deep. I've mentioned that. Sometimes I feel a bit bored and talking about these kind of things because I feel like I repeat myself a bit. But if you look at, say, Manchester City and the profile of their team, if Manchester City went down... Oh, sorry, the opposition goes down to 10 men against Manchester City, it's virtually game over because they, they will just open you up and literally hate you in the areas that they want to play in. So what I mean by that is they have wide players who are very comfortable in 1v1s. Probably the biggest skill set is 1v1 duels when you think about Mares travelling with the ball, 1v1 against the fullback. Raheem Sterling is another who excels in that area. So they can really st- stretch the pitch. I mean, they've just acquired Grealish, who is another one. When you look at Liverpool's wide players in Salah and Manny, their elite quality is almost their runs without the ball. So it's the runs from out to in, when the game gets stretched, when Liverpool have more space to play in, in behind, very vertical forwards who are looking to hit in behind with off-the-ball runs and not so much balls to the feet to stretch the opposition and run at the full-back. Don't get me wrong, they can do that, but that is not an elite trait of them players. By doing that, if you have them players, you then open up the space in the middle because obviously what you've done is you've stretched the pitch as wide as it can be and there's a real difficulty for the opposition because they don't want to be left 1v1 against the opposition wide man. And then if you look at City and them inside positions with the likes of De Bruyne's, Phil Foden's, just to name a few, thinking of Bernardo Silva's, they've got a host of players who can find a final pass and are very intricate in them small spaces. And I mention this all the time, but that, that, that's the one player Liverpool lack. So apart from Trent Alexander-Arnold, they haven't really got a player who has got that elite quality to find the final pass. They've got very good players and players who've got different skill sets in terms of moving the ball from deeper areas. But when a side sits low, Liverpool don't have the player. So when you marry them two things together in terms of not stretching the pitch enough with 1v1 dribblers and also not having that when the space is then created in the middle, that craft to be able to break the opposition down, that's why Liverpool are always going to struggle more than, say, a Manchester City especially when they're up against an elite defensive side. Firmino probably going off didn't help either because he is a player who can play in them tighter areas of the field, accept the ball and combine in the final third around the penalty area to create positive chances. And by the end, Liverpool had totally ran out of ideas in that sense. Um, and the game petered out and I felt Chelsea were very comfortable and more than deserved their point, but it again highlights where Liverpool lack. They lack them kind of that play, them players who've got that little bit of craft in that middle, middle zone, and who can, who can operate, and provide. See things quicker than anybody else, and not only see things quicker than anybody else, but be able to execute what they can see, with limited time and space.
So, nothing that I didn't learn from that, what I didn't already know. Just a final thing, I thought Harvey Elliott was excellent, so you forget how young he is. He's obviously a really talented player. The fact that he got the nod tonight just shows how highly he's rated. And I felt he put in a really good performance without really having that ability to produce the final pass and hit the opposition, which is what you'd expect at this stage of his development. And it remains to be seen whether he will obviously have that quality going forward. I did feel, however, it was a strange selection in the fact that it did destabilise Liverpool's midfield. And what I mean by that is I've never, very rarely even, have I seen Henderson play on the left-hand side of a midfield three. I felt his performance suffered in unfamiliar territory. And I also felt it made Liverpool a little bit looser in terms of, especially when Chelsea had 11 men, some of the counter-attacking moments they had when Liverpool's midfield wasn't as tight when the ball was turned over in the position of the players. Yeah, just an interesting team selection, really. Really interesting. I know Thiago's come back, obviously, late um, from from the Euros and obviously had an injury as well and Cater's done well and didn't play. But So it was an interesting selection. But, but yeah, in general, uh, disappointing. And I think it highlighted what Liverpool's biggest weakness is once again. Mark Baker, the first of our Reds regulars with their say on the draw with Chelsea. Let's now, though, get into the Blood Red podcast Facebook group and see what's being said in there. Rod Dixon writes, lots of people agreeing with Gary Neville, saying Chelsea did a class job defending. I don't see it that way. We pinned them back for the whole second half. Matip had Lukaku in his pocket. Chelsea were reduced to boring Mourinho-style time-wasting. Jay Roberts says, the word of the match, rusty. Feels like two points dropped in the circumstances. Really weird. Wish we could have seen the proper 11 v 11 match. Decent performance from the boys. Andy looked rusty. Manny and Trent didn't look sharp as they can be. Fabinho looked tired. A predictable result given Chelsea going to 10 men and playing deep and defensive. One lingering worry. Are we going to struggle again this year breaking down low defensive setups? Anyway, we go again. Lots to look forward to, including that 18-year-old. Dave John Wilson says, not solely putting the blame on Manny, but he's lost the ball so many times that eventually I just came to expect it. It looked like the boys couldn't move the ball quickly enough and allowed them to sink into their defensive positions. Frustrated, but not worried. International duty now, then back to business away at Leeds. And Daniel Stoneham says, well, that's disappointing against 10 men. Came out the second half great, then lost it. For me, playing too many passes around Chelsea's 18-yard box and not enough line-breaking passes. We go again after the international break. Well, for more in the Blood Red Podcast Facebook group, follow the link in the description of the podcast or yourselves. Just head to Facebook and search for Blood Red. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. A 1-1 draw, Liverpool for me, yet again the better side, Chelsea for all the money they've spent, Liverpool with the better side yet again and I thought they were very unlucky to not come away with a win there, so proud of the Reds, um, so much money's been spent in this in this transfer window and there's... There's some big sides in this transfer window. You've got City, Chelsea, big boys. You've got United. But believe me, Liverpool are going to be in the mix, baby. Liverpool are in the mix. Do not count them out. Yet again, Mo Salah's in the mix. He will be 20, 25, 30 deep this season. I've said it every season. People don't respect the figures that Mo Salah's bringing to the table. Yeah, 
he's going to deliver yet again. And you can have your Lukaku's. Yeah, United can bring Lewandowski. You know what? I don't give a monkeys what United bring. We've got we've got Salah, we've got Mane, we've got Jota. We're still one of the best sides in this league, and people need to fear us. I don't care about money. I don't care about what people are spending. There's a heart in this Liverpool side. Jurgen Klopp's made a special side there. Yeah, I don't care about last last season. To me, is an exhibition season. The European Champions, Chelsea, means nothing to me. Literally means nothing. League champions, I don't even know who won the league. Was it City? I don't even know. Who cares? But this is a proper season. Liverpool are going to be right in the mix. Right in the battle. Chelsea, City... United, yeah, bring it, spend your money, but you can't battle with what Liverpool bring. I've been to Anfield tonight, the atmosphere, the crowd, it's so good to be back in the mix. And you can have your cities, you can have your Uniteds, but I wouldn't swap any of this atmosphere for the world. So, Liverpool, we're in the mix, can't wait for the next game. Champions League is all to come as well. And you know what? Don't care if you spend no money, 100 million, it's 5 million, 1 million. Who gives a monkeys? We're Liverpool Football Club and we go again. Come on, Liverpool. It's hard not to feel disappointed with that. Usually when we go a goal down, especially to a team like Chelsea, if we can bring it back and get a point out of it, usually usually that's a good thing and usually you, you'll take the point. But that felt that felt like two points dropped rather than a point gained. Um you know, Chelsea Chelsea are there for the taking, they're down to ten men and and it felt like we didn't take that opportunity. You know, I think we started we started both halves really, really well. Um, you know, first half brilliant up until up until the goal really and then and then things fall a bit flat. Um and, you know, we got I I don't even want to say we got lucky with the penalty penalty in the red card because it was and I know there's I know there's a lot of debate about it on social media. I think I think that's an absolute stonewall penalty. And ultimately, you know, I I, I don't understand people saying, "Oh, this is a penalty," but it's, the red card is harsh. At, at, the, at the end of the day, if if Anthony Taylor gives a penalty and a handball in that situation, you have to give the red card as well. And and that's what he did. Um, you know the the law states that a send offable offence is if you deny a goal scoring opportunity with your hand, and in that situation, Reese James denied a goal scoring opportunity with his hand, um, and Jackie Oatley made a really really good tweet. Um, I'll get it up now because I I thought it was a very very fair point, and um, you know she said the red card was not because the ball hit James's arm but because James then swiped the ball away from goal on the line. Um, and, and you know, looking at the replays, that that's sort of what he did. Obviously, you see the ball bounce up from his knee, but then he, the way that he moves his arm, like he he's swiping, you know, he's scooping that away from goal and it's on the goal line. And, and if it wasn't for that, then then it, it goes in and it's a goal. So um, ultimately, he denied a goal-scoring opportunity, so it's a red card. Um, I don't really think there's any debate about that. Some might say it's harsh. I, I think it's the right decision. Um, and then there's a bit of a kerfuffle, and at that point you're feeling you're feeling hopeful, and you think, yeah, we'll get some, you know, we'll get the win out of this. But 
Second half, we started fantastic. The pressure was on Chelsea. They they looked like they were going to crumble, but we couldn't maintain that pressure, and that that's what let us down. Um, you know, Chelsea grew into the second half. Um, it's it's always going to be difficult when a team goes down to ten men because naturally they end up a lot more defensive than than they would do normally. Normally, Chelsea would be looking for that second goal looking to take the lead but they they know they've only got 10 men on the pitch so they've got to be careful and they are more defensive and Thiago Silva had a fantastic game for them Christiansen Rudiger I thought they had good games Mendy goalkeeper had a good game for them their their defensive display especially down to 10 men all credit to Chelsea I thought they were I thought they were incredible um and we just couldn't do enough it is it's not that we didn't have the chances obviously there was that Salah chance Second half, I, I I know it's on his right foot, but it was a tame effort. But he was in so much space, he needed to bury that. Um, and we can't criticise too much because he he got he scored the penalty to get the equaliser. But there were situations where we absolutely should have, could have, would have gone ahead, and we didn't. Um, and that that's what's disappointed, that's disappointing attacking wise. We didn't look at it, that final ball, that final pass, it was just never there. The finishing wasn't quite there either and it just, it wasn't to be today. Um, But defensively, I thought, you know, it was sound for all the talk about, you know, Lukaku up against Van Dijk and and Matip. I thought they defended against him brilliantly. I think there were a couple moments first half I was getting frustrated with Matip. Um, But second half especially, I thought... You know, especially Matip defended against Lukaku absolutely brilliantly. And, you know, Chelsea had their chances. So, you know, um, it was it was a weird second half. But, yeah, it's, it's just frustrating more than anything else because we absolutely should have walked away with all three points there. Um, and we didn't. Um, and it does feel like does feel like two points dropped. Um given that, you know, they, they were there for the taking, particularly at the start of the second half. Um, we should have got that. But I, I do just want to take a moment of, of all that my frustration to to just wax lyrical about Harvey Elliott for a second because did not expect for a second that he would start against Chelsea. And there he is playing the full 90 minutes for the second weekend in a row. And he did not put a foot wrong, did not look, you know, in... Oh, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say about Harvey Elliott. He's just the confidence of someone so young is just incredible. His his vision, his passing capabilities, the the relationship that he's building with Mo Salah is is something special. Um, and yeah, I, I was shocked that he started today. Um, I fully expected Thiago to come in, whether or not it's a fitness thing, um, or whether or not. Klopp just rates Elliot enough to say, "Now nah, I, I, I want you in instead of Thiago." I don't know, but he absolutely, you know, paid Klopp back with with the trust in that, and you know, absolutely incredible display. Could have had a couple of goals as well. Um, there's that one effort that he couldn't quite keep down that would have been a good goal. But yeah, it's just going to be an exciting season for Harvey Elliot, I think. But o- overall, it's just frustrating that we didn't get the win. Really, um, you take the point. Um, but you want to be beating Chelsea at home, especially when they're down to 10 men. And we couldn't quite do that today. Um, but it is what it is. We move on uh, international break now. And hopefully a few of the players, including Mo, will get a rest if, if they don't go away. 
um, to their international games. Had a following on from Ross there and our final say on tonight's post-game podcast comes from Owen. Although there will be many Liverpool fans sighing deeply at the way we couldn't break through Chelsea's stubborn defence in that second half, I have to say I'm not bothered by only one point at Anfield in our first big test of the season. In fact, not only am I unruffled, I'm as positive as a proton. Look at how we dominated, even before the red card. Look at how we had strength and depth on the bench. Look at how we had a management team bang on the money with our game plan, which saw us restrict Chelsea to just 74% passing accuracy in that first half, compared to the 91% and 88% they had started the season with, and with the 80% they got in the Champions League final. And look at Harvey Elliott, by the way. Just look at him go. Sure, Tommy and his troopers were fist-pumping at the final whistle, and the result is better for Chelsea than it is for us. But such an observation is trite, and I think Jürgen exposed exactly the right way to defeat Tommy Ball by being relentless, by closing down as quickly as the food hygiene authorities, and by stopping Jorginho and Kante from playing out from the back. We won our battles all over the pitch, and we ended the game with 26 shots to their eight, with eight on target to their three. I think there are lessons to learn from this. The main one, being that there's no need to take three, four or five touches where one or two would suffice. But overall, against a Chelsea team that, since Liverpool won the league just two years ago, has spent €365 million Euros trying to catch up with us, only to look like the inferior team in many, many aspects of the game. This is not just something to bear in mind. This is something significant. Whisper it quietly, but we are looking like a Persian rug that's hung just out of reach, and that we're very hard to beat. This is Owen from Cop On Podcast. Feeling pretty good. Owen there looking for the positives following the draw with Chelsea. Salah slots from the spot, but will the Reds be left to pay the penalty with two points dropped at Anfield? You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.